Okay, hello and welcome back to another edition of our home team podcast. We are here live at Bell Bank Mortgage in our penthouse studio at the corner of 36 and Oak Green in beautiful Stillwater, Minnesota, the birthplace of Minnesota, with the lovely Gwen Marty. Lovely. <laughs> lovely. <laughs> lovely and talented. Lovely and talented. Well known. Yes, Brad, we've got a great show for you today. We are here with Gwen Marty along with <laughs> with you and me. <laughs> no, it's me, myself, and I. Yes, it's all three of us, and we're here. Brad, why don't you tell people about us, about you and me first? Enough about Gwen. Let's talk about you and me. <laughs> yes, yeah, Steve and I. I'll have, just put a mask on. Put a mask on, yeah. <laughs> Steve and I have been in the uh, mortgage business for 20 years. Steve, you've been in it for a little longer? A, 20, a little longer. A little longer, <laughs> maybe 23, 22 years. Yeah, we do residential mortgages. And along the way, we get to meet awesome people like Gwen. So we started this podcast to kind of share, you know, the great people we meet behind the realtors we deal with. A lot of times just people think that realtors are a name on a board and they're much more than that. So we wanted to share that with all you listeners out there. We're going to make you guys wait for Gwen because she's the... I can't take it. I'm taking my mask off. (laughs) Guest of honor, but I know people are hungry for knowledge about mortgages. So let's give them a quick scoop. What's a good scoop today for mortgages? What do people need to know right now? It's spring, there's snow on the ground, but soon <laughs> it'll be buzzing with activity. What do people need to know? Brad, tell us something um, smart. Geez, a lot of people don't realize how low mortgage rates are. All the mortgage rates out there right now have a two in front of them. Two percent. Is that a 30 year low, 40 year low? Since the dinosaurs roamed, has it ever been this slow? Yeah. <laughs> but mortgage rates are low and it increases your buying power. So people like Gwen are extremely busy. When we started in the business, rates were gosh, almost 7%. Steve, were they 8%? Well, when I started, they were 85 and you had to pay four points to get it. But that was back in the 1900s. Yeah. So your buying power is much greater right now. That's our mortgage update. So basically you're saying you can afford more house now than you could two years ago just because, yeah, okay, that's fantastic to know. So let's get back to Gwen, more importantly. That's that's why you're here. Gwen Marty, ladies and gentlemen, what company are you with? EXP Realty, LLC, North. We have a Minnesota broker, and then I'm also licensed in Wisconsin. So we have a Wisconsin broker. Two different brokers, two different states. For those people that don't know, what does EXP stand for? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the exponential growth. I don't know. <laughs> Extra hardworking people. I asked that when I first started with EXP, too. That's really funny, and I don't remember. But EXP is virtual, so what's happening with the consumers is you say you're with EXP, and they're like, I've seen the signs, but where's your office? Well, guess what? There isn't an office. We don't need an office. Right. Genius. You don't need an office. Right. I mean, I stated when I came in here today, I have a penthouse. We need a penthouse. We don't yes. need an office, though. Right. <laughs> we need a penthouse. You look around at this palatial penthouse we're in, it, it looks pretty good. Yeah, it's beautiful. I watched the whole new construction, but I couldn't believe I had never been in here. Because normally, the old days, we would have been in and out, in and out, shaking hands, doing this, running VOEs and VODs and everything around. But I was in mortgage banking also. Yeah, that's a real <laughs> so, mortgage Everything's online. I used to handhold a client and bring them to the mortgage banker's office, sit down at the desk, watch them get the application started, step away, or let them take it from there and then step in as needed. And you don't meet them in person until closing sometimes. 
We will meet with people, but a lot of people, you're right, everything's online nowadays, so. But that's okay. So that's where EXP is real cutting edge, is that everything's virtual. The training is crazy, the help, the support, the staff. I am on a team, however. I was dragging my feet on that. I've been licensed in Minnesota 26 years, licensed in Wisconsin 23 years. And team mentality was not for me. Realtors generally are stubborn and independent and entrepreneurial. We like to dictate our time. But I could see that I was falling behind when it came to technology and staying on top of Zillow and websites and podcasts, if you will, or whatever it might be. And I thought, I've either got to buck up, join a team. So I share some funds, some of my income with the team in order to have a full-time staff. Um, We have several administrative staffers, use of a beautiful office space. So I do have an office space, copy machines, you know, photographers, that kind of thing. So a good realtor doesn't want to be sitting at their desk all day. And there's nothing that gets me off to a bad start than to have to spend four hours doing desk work to go out and start the beginning, middle, or end process of selling a home to somebody. Gotcha. As we speak, the real estate landscape is definitely changing. When Gwen started and Steve and I both started, you had to be in an office. But as you all know, we just don't need to do that anymore. But Is this the Brad and Steak show or the Steak and Brad show? I well, just want to say it right. Yeah. What? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think Brad and Steak has a good ring to it. I think, yeah, yeah the Brad and Steak show. Okay, the I just Brad and Steak say. show, yeah. It um, almost sounds like a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know Gwen's a realtor, but for those of you that don't know Gwen, I think it's vitally important to know, like, the real Gwen. She's probably one of the most caring agents we come across. I've had deals with Gwen. This is embarrassing to admit, but she helped me figure out how to get a deal done. We had to refinance. A, it was Gwen's oh. idea to refinance a car mm-hmm. for a customer to get them into the debt ratio requirement needed because there was only one borrower on the profile. So so in other words, she had, you know, what? She was down to less than six months of her car payment. Yeah. I don't know if that was... The case, or she owed so little on it, she was able to refinance and take a three or $400 payment and bring it down to 89 bucks a month, which brought her buying power up. up. Exactly. So, and the point I'm trying to make is that a lot of agents wouldn't necessarily go above and beyond. Gwen's willing to go above and beyond and think outside the box. She truly cares about the buyer, the seller, all that good stuff. Sometimes to a fault. Sometimes to a fault. <laughs> I find myself getting sick. You know, like this morning I was showing houses. Like I've probably written nine offers and shown no less than 60 homes to this gal. And I met her through Zillow. But she, wonderful. A nurse works in the COVID department. Wonderful person. Her mortgage is ready to go. Just we can't find a home in her price range. Right. And she's losing momentum. And she's like, we're going to try one more time, and I'm just going to sign another year lease and put it on hold. And I almost started to cry, and not because myself, what I could be forfeiting, 100% not that, just because I know how bad she wants a home. And mm. I just want to be able to make that happen. When you deal with a real estate agent, they are with you morning, noon, and night sometimes. <laughs> whether it's days, weeks, months. Well, and that's what I love about working with you, Brad, is that, in fact, over the weekend, somebody said, well, my banker that they already had in place was 
I'll just wait till Tuesday and give him a call because yesterday was a holiday. And I said, BS. I said, <laughs> if I am working at 10 o'clock on Friday, Saturday and Sunday or right. I said, it doesn't mean they're going to answer. doesn't mean they're, they're available, but at least try them. Mm-hmm. They know when we're working and it's not bankers hours. So that's what you've been so great about. You've been at your kids baseball game, you know, answering yeah. my calls when somebody needs to write something up quick. Right, I appreciate no, for that. sure. Thank you. What else do you feel sets you apart from other agents? Well, my age, but I'm not going to divulge that. For so so long, I was the youngest in the industry, and now, you know, I've morphed Maturity. into that. Yeah. <laughs> Where now I look at the young ones, and I'm partially envious because they're younger and they're better with technology. But then I can just see the green, you know, all over mm-hmm. them and whatnot. But I started in mortgage banking in the 80s. We'll just say that okay. out of high school. And I was a loan processor and mortgage loan officer for a while. Not my cup of tea, but I managed to hang in for seven years. I wanted to be more with the public, which real estate is. I ended up managing not only a restaurant, but simultaneously a couple of the cosmetic counters at Bloomingdale's at Mall of America. Oh. So I get that interaction. Right. I'm go, go, go. And I go home, lay down, charge my batteries. But as I was there, I'm like, okay, I can't do this forever either. So despite all the things we said about realtors behind their backs when I was on your end, (laughs) and it wasn't pretty, I did go get my license. And one thing people don't know about me is I've had a lot of surgeries. I've had three back fusions when I was young. Two were 11 hours and one was 13. So they cut 12 inches in the front and 12 inches in the back. I've had bone out of both hip bone and donor bone put in. So oh, my gosh. You'd never know it to look at you. Yeah, 82, 87, and 90 were the three surgeries. And, you know, mentally, I don't let that set me back, but there are some repercussions to sitting for a long time, oh. especially driving. Yeah. When standing up. No. <laughs> well, usually you'll find me if there's a local restaurant. I'm always taking the high tops or where I can lean, you know. I don't want to sit all day because I have less spine movement, but... See, I, I, I do like to sit all day. <laughs> I wanted to be responsible for my income and responsible for my success and not report to an employer where I had to say, oh, can't come into work today. My back hurts. Well, mm-hmm. I can do an awful lot of work from a smartphone mm-hmm. with an ice pack or a heating pad on my back. So thank God for smartphones. I did not even have a cell phone when I got into real estate. Not <laughs> even a flip phone. Wow. I remember when I got my first cell phone. I think he had to pay like $3 a minute or something. It was crazy. Like it was I had to meet some guy at Maplewood Mall in a parking lot. It was like a drug deal. <laughs> and he goes, I just need you to sign right here. It's a one-year contract. And he didn't teach me how to use the phone. I didn't know what I was doing. It was, it was just crazy. But another thing people don't know is about three or four years into my real estate career, I wanted to set myself apart. Not with the credentials you'll see in a lot of real estate cards, like training at a, a typical real estate school and my mother called and she said did you know that those people in California they're so wacky (laughs) there's homes that aren't selling because the front door is in the wrong spot (laughs) and I go mom that's real that's real I see it happen but I don't know the reason I wasn't sure why two homes that were exactly alike with the same lot size and the same builder built in the same everything maybe it was the front door maybe it was something else one would sell and one wouldn't So I'll never forget, you guys, she sent me this huge article in the Pioneer Press. It was about feng shui. 
F E N G S H U A, but feng shui. And I thought, what is that? And I didn't even have Google yet. I had a, what was the disk you got? No, for internet to search. Oh, yeah. Oh, hello. America Online. Yeah, AOL. I had my AOL disk. (laughs) This this podcast is going to go over great in the assisted living home. Yeah, right. (laughs) No kidding. Well, anyway, I Googled it and I was so in awe with it that I decided to register for training in California, the only feng shui school in America to this day. And that was an in-classroom setting. You're a trained, certified thing? Yes. And I also taught feng shui home for design class at Kaplan, formerly ProSource, where we do our continuing ed, live classroom settings. There's a real need, and I'll still run into agents from a listing buyer selling agent perspective, and they'll say, I had you in class once, you know, that kind of thing. So. For those of you that don't know, Gwen is a celebrity. She was on a TV show, was it four or five years ago? I think it's close to five. And it was called Hockey Moms, and we forgot to talk about Gwen has, you have two kids, right? A daughter and a son. Yep, they are now 22 and 19. And so there was a deal on, you know, in the paper again. Nobody reads the paper anymore. (laughs) But if you wanted to audition for this show, they were looking for a family to follow the life of family in hockey. They picked one out of a crowd out of uh, yeah. Thousands. Well, they ended thousands. up picking four families, and the producer said it was because of your skit that I did that we went with four families instead of just one. Because there was one family with five kids in hockey and a newborn baby, oh, okay. and there was one where the dad had been a professional hockey player, and so on and so forth. But I kind of had a different twist. I still don't know what the blue line means kind of twist, which is the truth. <laughs> Show, taking my kid to the wrong ice rink at a tournament up north and running in late and stuff like that. So they followed all four of our families for one season. And it was really, really fun. I loved it. I loved it. So Gwen's being humble here, but the message is, in my opinion, is that Gwen does stand out in the crowd. And being a mother, going through those phases of life, who wouldn't want, I don't know, if I'm buying real estate, someone that's been a mother, had kids, go from diapers to college, you've seen all of mm-hmm. the facets of life. Like so Gwen's very experienced and can give you advice on all those things as well. Well, I was trying to count the other day how many homes I've talked people out of buying. And I had somebody in my office go, are you effing crazy? And I said, I will not let somebody I care about buy a house that in my gut doesn't feel right. Mm. And here's the gut instinct, and here's the reason why. And I have a lot of good reasons. And only a couple of times did they go ahead with it. But let's just say you're in a cul-de-sac. Everybody can picture a cul-de-sac. Well, if you're the house straight in, and it's a split entry with the living room, right? And there's, you know, every car headlight's going to go into your window before they turn into their own driveway. You don't think of that before you live there. Would that be considered feng shui? And is that something that you've... I would guess it would be. It makes me more aware of the energy or or the setting that comes off of everything. So how's it going to feel once you're sitting in your living room at night and every time the neighbors, 10 teenagers and their friends come in and out, their headlights have to go into your TV and over. You know, just pointing that stuff out or being underneath power lines. Oh. Something like that. Like you guys are here in the penthouse. Tell us about the penthouse. Why was the feng shui in our penthouse? Should we have put the hot tub somewhere else? (laughs) And what about the wet bar? 
<laughs> well, I think the wet bar should be portable, and <laughs> we should throw it in my trunk when I leave. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, that's a sign of caring. And as much as every agent is in different price points or different locations, I want to point out, I am in all locations. Because nothing frustrates me more, and they say, oh, so you mainly work Stillwater then, huh? Or you mainly work Stillwater in Hudson. When I look back at my numbers, I can have two, three years in a row where I had three sales in Stillwater and Hudson. And I was in Plymouth and Brooklyn Park and Andover, Eden Prairie, Cottage Grove, Hastings, Spooner, Wisconsin, Hayward, Menominee, Luck, Wisconsin. So in my mind, my rule of thumb is about a one-hour radius from the pin drop of Stillwater. Sometimes it's an hour and 20 minutes depending on the client, but... I feel very comfortable in all parts of the city. Right. You know, and, I really and do. Gwen is truly embedded in Stillwater, but the 694, 494 loop is, it might take you, I don't know, <laughs> 45 minutes each way of that or an hour. Sorry, what I'm trying to say is Gwen definitely can help you an hour away from Stillwater, an hour and a half away from Stillwater. Absolutely. No problem at all. I know a lot of people love to support local. With the pandemic going on, I know you've been promoting the local restaurants and all that stuff, so... It's funny how much energy I put into that for absolutely no return. I mean, I don't own a restaurant. <laughs> I don't, but I feel so much fondness because I did work in the industry. I, I managed at Club Terra years ago and bartended in Freight House and different places around town. And I think that adds to being a well-rounded person and being able to kind of be somewhat of a chameleon, not a fake, right. but a chameleon with every kind of person from every kind of background and every skin color and every income level. So the restaurant thing, I mean, I just believe in supporting local. And the whole shutdown for me did not go over well. Hence the loose sweater, the 20-pound COVID blubber. (laughs) uh, At least I admit it. (laughs) Well, you'll notice my suit. I've got a drawstring on my suit. So that's, I'm, I'm with you, yeah. Like sweatpants. What's your favorite restaurant locally? So you like... Ooh, I always start with, what are you in the mood for? Okay. If you're in the mood for a burger, we have the burger choices. Mexican has the Mexican choices. I'm super fond of high-quality, healthy food, like fish and mahi and salads and rice and risotto and stuff like that. So, And then last night, I needed my fix. My son, or yes, actually last night, yesterday afternoon, he works at Carboni's. Yeah. He brought home a white pizza. So What's it's a white, a white Alfredo sauce, oh, wow. mushrooms, chicken, extra cheese. I could talk about food all day long. <laughs> it is very admirable through this whole pandemic. She's not doing it for a buck. She's truly trying to help out locals with their businesses through the pandemic, namely restaurants, local restaurants, and all that stuff. So it speaks volumes to who Gwen mm-hmm. is, in my opinion. A lot of listeners out there don't know how they pay realtors. Do realtors cost money? Do realtors have salaries? I know a lot oh, of people. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so this is really a good... For buyers, thing. realtors yeah. don't cost money. In this part of the country, buyers do not. We have zero income from anybody until we make a commission check. With my setting, I have a split with EXP Realty. Mm-hmm. And if my lead comes from my team, it's a split with them, which is hefty. It's 50-50. I could put it on 1,000 hours on a 50-50 split or, you know... 100 hours on a personal lead from my own sphere of influence. So the only thing a buyer 
per se would pay would be what we call an administration fee or an administration commission. And all companies have that. It's a collected at closing and it's basically pays for admin staff and holding on to your paper records till death do us part. Sounds like a marriage. <laughs> but I do disclose up front, you know, what my income will be if they should buy a house from me. That's law. From a seller perspective, it's the same thing. I think some sellers believe that commission rates are structured hard and fast and they're not bendable. And I want the public to know that all commissions on a listing side are flexible and negotiable. It's up to the broker and the agent if they choose to negotiate with you to a certain point. But I think what the general public doesn't understand is how much time goes into sometimes an $800 check or a $2,000 check. And the seller says, "Ah, it's $12,000 out of my proceeds. And I said, I'll be lucky to net about $1,800 prior to our first meeting, to the gas, to the time, to the signage, to my business cards, to the photographer, to every postage stamp, to every piece of paper that goes through the copier, the ink cartridges. I mean, typically in my head, I cut that number in half. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty safe way to know what I'm going to net after taxes and expenses. Mm-hmm. So if I take $2,800 in a gross paycheck from EXP, about 1400 is what I can consider I can use. Yeah, and Steve and I see plenty, not plenty, but once in a while we'll see someone that doesn't want to use an agent. And every time something goes wrong, because they're usually looking to um, save money. But the reality is having an agent, they'll probably sell your house for more. And when you buy a house, it doesn't cost you any money. The only point I was trying to make is that not having an agent costs you money, in my opinion. And Well, if I were a buyer, I'm sorry, hands down, you want representation. And you don't want representation starting the day you make an offer. You want it the day you and I look at each other in the eyes and I'll say, I'm here for you if you're here for me. There's going to be days I can't drop everything and show the house. I will have weekends out of town a few times a year or this or that, or I might get sick. I can't control that and I'll find somebody to fill my shoes. But if I know you say I'm sticking with you until I find a house, I don't care if it takes two years. Mm -hmm. And people that say, we don't know, we don't want to waste your time. We'll just go to open houses because we might or might not sell. We're not sure if we're ready to downsize. We'll bother you when we're ready. Bother me now. Don't ask me to show you 50 houses a week. But if we casually look at things that you think are spot on for two years, I don't care. Because when the day comes that you're just going to know in your gut, it's time. This feels right. And we're going to do whatever we can to get you from point A to point B. And you don't always have to sell to get to point B. There's creative financing, as you know. No, for sure. If I hired Gwen Marty and I said, Gwen, I want to buy that house over there. I'm tired of living with Brad in the penthouse. He always leaves. <laughs> the dishes are always left in the sink and everything. Do I have to write you a check and say, okay, now let's go help me buy that house? Or well, how no. That so, so what happens is, and that's good, a listing agent, when we list a home, we will list it at typically 6% commission, sometimes 5 sometimes 4 sometimes 7 mm-hmm. 6 would be the standard. When you're a realtor and you belong to the National Association of Realtors and SPAR, which is St. Paul Area Association of Realtors, we all make an agreement in writing to work with what's called broker reciprocity. So 
when Edina Realty lists a house, I have it in writing that I am working just as hard to sell that house for them as they are going to be for me with my buyers. Because would it make sense for John Doe from Edina to list your house, but only John Doe can sell it? So it's an old-fashioned mentality. We're networking each other's efforts and people that, okay, now you got to go advertise the heck out of it and spend a million dollars to hopefully come across the right buyer to help sell John Doe's house. Whereas when we're a pool of realtors with different brokers and different colored signs, we all work together. Now, what that means is because I choose to cut my commission, I respect you enough, my fellow realtor in a different colored sign, to pay you the commission rate you deserve. So I'll just use three as a standard number, 27 to 3%. You're going to get paid that when you sell one of my listings, regardless of what negotiations I've taken up with my seller. And when I explain that to a seller, they're like, well, that's not fair. You're doing all the work. It is fair. Because when I show a person like today, 70 houses and wrote 19 offers, Mm -hmm. I sure as heck hope when I get to the end of the game, I'm paid for my time. And I'm already in the hole, but I'll keep going. And that commission you talk about, that comes from the seller's proceeds. That's not like the the buyer's not paying anything. So So at the closing table, they're paying their down payment closing costs as required by the lender and the government, your lender and the government, unless they were a cash buyer. And on the seller side, their expenses, updating the title, paying the commission, which is then broken down between the two agents. If Mm -hmm. there are two agents, state and tax fees, you know, state deed tax, that type of thing. But yeah, but so that's really, really important to point out. And some people think, what's it going to cost me? But on the other hand, because it isn't costing them anything, there's no value in free. So we do get used and abused as you both, you know, I've worked closely with Brad. We're used and abused a lot. I mean, to the point where I show somebody 25 houses, finally get them in front of Brad to get their loan approved. And I find out they bought a house with another agent somewhere else. Hmm. And you just feel hurt. <laughs> yeah. I feel hurt when I would it happens. I feel hurt too, yeah. You know, because you've done your due diligence to get them from from not knowing anything to a closing table, but they have no skin in the game. They didn't pay me anything. I mean, it might be nice if we did collect retainers sometimes and give it back at the closing table, but. I must say a lot of people do think agents are overpaid, but if you were to walk a day, a weekend, a month in Gwen's shoes, you would change your tune really quickly. It's true. Because there's a lot of. My friend Doug and my son is getting his real estate license and he watches and now, you know, I'll be in the, Kitchen. My, Will Doug be on our podcast? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. If you like, beer. if you want to talk about beer. Yeah. And when I'm busy, which I am, best January I have seen, honest to God. Mm-hmm. Best January as far as phone calls go. When I say what is a good month, I'm not talking about closed commissions. I'm talking about number of phone calls and people just actually wanting to be out doing stuff. But they watch me. I have the whole house silenced as I'm on call after call after call after call. (laughs) And then while I'm on the calls, I'm muting it and saying, talk texting, you're next in line. I'll call you back as soon as I get off this call. And then unmute it and continue my conversation because, in fact, it happened since I sat down here. The moral of the story is Gwen will go above and beyond. I can firsthand attest to that. And yet, 
you will lose money if you don't use an agent. They're worth every penny. And if you're a buyer, it doesn't cost you any money, in my opinion. Well, and it's funny because even a for sale by owner, they have done numerous studies and they're current. Back when rates were 7%, the average buyer that goes to a for sale by owner offers 5 to 7% less than their asking price because they think they're getting away with the, yeah. you know, oh, the services. Yeah. And if they do put it together, they end up hiring an attorney for three grand to look at their paperwork <laughs> for both sides. It's like, what are you people thinking? But one of the things that I really would like the public to try to understand, if you look at the whole pool of a business, like you guys have a lot of fallout, a lot of time spent, nothing in return. One house might be listed for three, six, nine, two years. Other house might sell in a day or a week or a month. And so that person says, why should I pay you X number of dollars when you only did X number of work? And then the other person, their house might never sell. You're just out. If you're a dentist and you do just cleanings every day, you're not going to make it unless you get some root canals. <laughs> you're not going to make it, you know. you got to have the whole thing. Yeah. And so what I say to people is you need to understand that a commission rate that's set as kind of a general standard in whatever part of the country you're in, that has to be able to be enough to make up for all of the transactions. Because I'm not going to be in the business and negotiate how many hours that I'm punching a clock. Oh, I only worked on your house for 96 hours? Well, then I should only be paid X number of dollars. But that other one I worked on, 2,777 hours. I'd pay more to have you work less on it. I'd rather have you sell it in a weekend rather than hold on right, to it for two years. Right. So that's I, more valuable to me. Yeah. So. I'm going to say something out of the blue that just thought of when you said that, because one of the most time-consuming trans- listings I could have is when a couple is breaking up, either splitting up legally or actually divorcing. Illegally. And it can be complicated even if they're getting along. I want people to know that I'm really comfortable in that situation. I used, in fact, I used to have a divorce attorney before he retired referred everybody to me. Oh, wow. And it was hell emotionally, but you treat each party fairly. They trust you. You're a middleman, and you get the job done. The other thing that I love doing, I must have this desire to suffer because I love, <laughs> I love first-time homebuyers. Because you're doing this podcast. Yeah, I'm here. I love first-time homebuyers because it's more work to educate them. I don't love the breakups, but I feel like I can do it really well. And then the third one would be the downsizing or the senior. Mm. How do we get mom, maybe mom died and it's owned by three, four, five, six kids, or they need me to help go in, talk to mom, that it's not going to be as painful as you think. But when you have 30 years worth of stuff, not all junk, good stuff in a house, and we need to work through that before we can put it on the market, that's an emotional process. Mm-hmm. and. I'm really good at that, too. I mean, I'll take grandma under my wing and go over there and have lunch with her and we'll figure it out. Can you come to my house? I've got about <laughs> 30 years of stuff I need to Well, you know, it's so funny. I just signed up for a decluttering class for myself. <laughs> it's on week four and I haven't even watched lesson from week one. <laughs> but uh, it's a 16-week decluttering class. You take one 
thing at a time. But oh, okay. the first week is your car, your automobile. Oh, it's so, easier to just tell someone else what to do. Well, when I go into somebody's house and we get it ready to sell, it's not how you live. Right. So I'll say, if you came to my house right now, you go, I can't believe she told us to do that when you look at her place. That's not how I live. Right. I live like a normal person. You know, we'll thin out the, the photographs. We'll thin out the top of your dresser. We'll thin out your closet. We'll blah, blah, blah. But it's a product. That's why people love model homes. They're empty. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. empty. <laughs> and they're perfect. They're perfect. So. That's awesome. So if some of our listeners wanted to get a hold of you, what would be the best way for somebody to get a hold of you? Would it be texting, emailing, Twitter handle? I think I would prefer a text or phone call up front just because I can respond to those the fastest or a Facebook message. But yeah, so what is your... I guess I'll look at my business card. I don't remember my phone number. <laughs> just kidding. So my cell phone is 651-238-1886. That's 651-238-1886. I do still have a landline at home. And of course, I have an office staff number, but... If people call or text that number and just say, hey, we want to talk to you a little bit about whatever, just a general question. And then my email is G for Gwen, Marty, M-A-R-T-Y, Estates. So G Marty Estates, E-S-T-A-T-E-S at gmail.com. You can also find me most commonly on Facebook. I do have an Instagram account and stuff. I struggle with the habit of checking it. I get several messages per month via messenger on Facebook, just picking my brain on real estate. So I check that often. You know, I try to have a separate real estate page from my personal, but it doesn't seem to work. I don't find that people really want to know me only as a realtor or only as. So the best place is my personal page where I combine my buyer needs, my seller's needs, and my personal life. Because if you're working with somebody that doesn't have a personal life, they're not human. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I think that's definitely the moral of the story of people that when we find it when people come meet with us, once they do meet you and sit down with you, and I think this holds very true for Gwen. It's like they're, oh, wow, she's a real person. She's a great person. She's going to take care of us. You can be real with her. And, oh, by the way, she will <laughs> help you find a home or help you sell your home. Gwen definitely makes it about the client. It's not about her at all. So what more do you want in a service industry, right? Or with a real estate agent, someone that's thinking of the client first. Well, thank you to all you listeners out there. We appreciate that. Each do you day. have like that um, background noise? Yeah. Like yeah. clap, clapter. Each and every yeah, one of you. Um, if you would please share this podcast or give us a like. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to Gwen, Steve, or myself. Yeah, and, and please call I, Gwen for your uh, purchase or sale needs. You call, won't be disappointed. Call any of us. You won't be disappointed. And if you're yeah. if you're doing a mortgage type situation out of state or purchasing or selling, don't be afraid to call. We work with. I'm sure you guys do just like I do. And we work with other banks. And I know you've referred clients of mine to another bank altogether, not even mm-hmm. under the Bell Bank umbrella. I do the same thing. If I have a Remax agent in Florida that I love and trust. They're getting my referral if you want to buy or sell in Pensacola or wherever you are. So, Absolutely. Yeah, it's good to work with good people. Yeah, that's right. I appreciate you guys. And, and it really helps, too. I can't believe I forgot to mention this. Gwen is truly connected and networked locally with 
I think everyone I know probably knows Gwen, and that's a good thing with pocket listings, especially in today's market. A lot of things don't even hit the MLS and all that stuff. Well, so. it sounds so cliche, like I might have something that's not on the market. And it is a little bit cliche. It's a line that realtors have used, but it's true. It's true. And then if I don't get their name and number, sure enough, that's when I get the, we're thinking about selling if you know of anybody, but we're not going to put it on the market and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, or we're selling it ourselves, but we'll pay you a commission if you bring a buyer. And if it's a, just a casual, quick interaction and I don't get the person's contact information, I can't get a hold of them. Mm. So. So give Gwen your name and number. You never know when she's going to call you with a hot lead. Right? That's right. And I just want to add this too. And I don't know, clients coming up from all backgrounds. But when I have a client that's in an industry that I could service, you darn right, I do. If they're selling washers and dryers or a plumbing service or banking or they've used me for my service, I mean, I'm all about working with those that work with you. Let's keep it together. You know, I just think it's a way to go. If I have somebody that owns a clothing store or a knickknack store, whatever it is, I'm drawing a blank, but those are going to be the people I want to for sure refer. Oh, yeah. You know, awesome. spend my dollars at. Sure. So, call Gwen. You're a friend for life. <laughs> <Real to apply. laughs> you won't be disappointed. So. You won't regret it. Not too late in the evening. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, Not if the bachelor's on. Yeah, the bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Gwen. Thank you.